Hey guys, this podcast is a mashup from today's Daily V, where Gary has three meetings with Kix Rodamas, Cablito, and Jasmine Starr. A lot of people have tendencies to beat themselves up for mistakes that they've made or tough situations that they find themselves in. To start us off, Gary talks to Kix Rodamas about using adversity to your advantage. The consumerization of like America and like what people deem a success is something I've been thinking about a ton. Like, a t- it's super on my mind. Like, there was no reason for you to having to go broke again. Yeah. It's just, you bought dumb shit. Yeah. Because that's the culture. Yeah, I was young, dumb. I, yep. was, I was seeing people do it. And I thought, totally I'd be understand. All right. I wasn't worried about the next 10 steps ahead. Of course not. Um, but I feel like everything that I've gone through to today has been very valuable in my success now. Only know? because you've been able to build on top of it. Like adversity either crumbles you or becomes foundational to your success. It's insane. I, you know, I always think about that picture where it looks like two people kissing or like a glass of champagne. Like I'm, you know, like the flute. I'm so fascinated by perspective. The amount of people who decide in your situation when you hurt your back that see, see, it was just about to get good, but God took it away from me and just give up is a lot. I mean that. And then people who like go into a wheelchair because they're paralyzed and decide that's the platform that they're gonna use to like change the world. I'm just so fascinated by perspective. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. And then, you know, I went through that. There were literally people today, Worldstar picked up a clip that I posted about me doing a garage sale flip. And literally people are like going in there, yeah. And people going in there flaming me and saying, you're ripping people off. And I'm fascinated by perspective. Like I'm just fascinated by people's ability to deploy cynicism. Basically what I'm saying is, I really hope that you start buying less dumb shit. Have you ever felt like other people don't realize your worth? Gary talks to Cablito about her career and putting herself in a position where the market knows her worth. How you doing? I'm good. What's been going on? Uh, Seems like things are going well. Things are going well. <laughs> Working really hard. Yep. <laughs> but things are well. Um, I've just been making music. I'm where? Um, you don't make music in English? Because it naturally happens that way or thoughtfully you wanted to go about it that way? I thoughtfully wanted to go about it. Got it. Way. Yeah, yeah. But also, and naturally, also, you know, it's my first language. Yeah, like, like if you go in the booth or if you like go musical, does it like, like you think Spanish. in Spanish? Yeah. If, the reason I wanted to ask you that right away was it's kind of like, I think a lot of the reasons some of my content goes viral mm-hmm. is because I think in Russian, and there's a lot Are of. You Russian? Yeah, I was born in Russia. What? Yeah, in Belarus specifically, and I think in Russian, and so a lot of sayings and things I think are trans. I'm translating them from a Russian standpoint to English, uh-huh. and they haven't been said that way in English, even though they're things that you know. Yeah. Like my favorite saying that some my grandma used to say was, "You can't put your ass on two toilets." which was basically like don't get stretched thin. Yeah. So like when I like sometimes make content, I'll, I could say that and everyone's like that's insane. But they just have never heard that and that, it's all the same shit that like all these sayings in every language are the same. Yeah. Like trying to make the same point yeah. but the analogies are different. Yeah. And so I think a lot of my analogies are unique because I'm not well read and because I think in Russian and so what, as I've been listening to your stuff and then like and then just like hearing you talk right now and I'm like, huh, I wonder if she 
when she's creative, thinks in Spanish and that's why that happens. I mean, definitely that's part of it, but also I definitely Opportunity. represent where I'm from. Yeah, so I get that. That's also another reason why. Yeah, I get it. How long have you guys known each other? Just now? Uh, I went to her show in New York. So, how many shows have you done? In, in New York, in general? In general. In general, maybe like five? Yeah. And so the show <laughs> in New York new. was really great. Yeah. You loved it? Yeah. Loved it, yeah. What was your observation? Tell me. Alright, <laughs> taking off my jacket now, alright. Great performer. What about the audience? How was the response? It's funny, like when I go to shows or like, I like when I like dig into your stuff, like mm-hmm. when, I, when he first put it on my radar, I don't even listen to your stuff. I read the comments about your stuff. Like almost every time I hear of a new artist, I'll spend the first couple of hours, if I decide I care, uh-huh. reading comments about that person, not actually listening to the person's music. So like I always, I always think, because I think consumer centric, I think. Like for like I don't you know why I think it's humility I don't think my opinion matters mm-hmm. I'm always like I always think if I was an A and R guy that I would go to shows and almost not even pay attention to the band or the artist mm-hmm. I would spend all my time watching how the audience is reacting and why when I give speech I gave a speech yesterday to four thousand people and I was thinking how interesting it was I'm literally while I'm giving the speech adjusting my speech based on how people are reacting to things I've said, which gives me an indicator of what kind of crowd it is. Gotcha. It's like being a DJ. You have to like read people and see what they're like. I think that's right. Right. True. Yeah. So how was the audience? Do you remember? The audience was great. I mean, people came cool. out to see her. You yeah, know what I mean? they were pumped. It was the first time she was there. Yeah, and like she dances in between songs and stuff. So the crowd was <laughs> clapping for her. That's cool. Yeah. It was a great show. Doing my thing. Yeah. For you. Good for you. And you know what's funny? Like a lot of times people are like, I know my worth. You're being actually more thoughtful than that. You're putting yourself in a position to allow the market to establish your worth. Yeah. Everybody knows their worth. The amount of pe- there's millions of people running around saying I know my worth and never do anything because the market doesn't give them the leverage to create worth. Mm. What I like about what you're doing is you're not sitting in your room ideologically saying I know my worth. You're putting in work to get money to put yourself in a position, right. you're doing it the right way. Thank you. No, it's real, I mean <laughs> it. No, I mean it, I mean it. Like, yeah. I think I know my worth is like when people always say like, I'm not willing to work for free, I know my worth. And I'm like, you have ego. Mm. Like you have, you're winning, you're building a foundation on humility. Mm-hmm. You're actually working and I'm sure, you know, I'm not sure, but I assume you need to have a job that gives you flexibility so you're probably not making a billion dollars a year. No. Working part time, and that's like exactly. Lucky, you know, that when I found the situation. I found yep, and so like, I just, w- I just wish more youngsters would follow your blueprint. Mm-hmm. People are just not willing to eat shit, and and like, it's just entitlement. Mm-hmm. Everybody just decided they're the best rapper in the world, and they just leave comments on rappers' Instagrams and be like, "You haven't heard me yet. I'm the best. Cool. Show me." People do that shit to me, and I'm of like, course. "What?" Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm like it's called, it's called. SoundCloud and Spotify, like you have distribution. Yeah. If you're so good, show me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Everyone's talking. Good for you. It's exactly right. That's the way to do it. Every single artist in the world should build leverage. Mm-hmm. Takes time, but yeah, that's the way to do it. Everything, everything great takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything great takes time. Every- anyway.
what I'm doing right now is I'm making a music video, uh -huh. like uh, on the 11th. Mm -hmm. And I'm basically, because I don't have the budget yet, I'm just doing it. It's just me and my boyfriend gonna shoot it. <laughs> We're gonna go to Joshua Tree and shoot it. But he actually makes videos, so I'm just kind of using like my, my resources, like my friends that do like hair, makeup, like styling, and you know, just. I'm still like, there's no budget, but I like for it to be some budget, so I've been thinking about like brands that I could work with. But also, like, above all, it was really just kind of like we playlist her music so much, and she's in town, and just wanted to meet, you know. Like, we, yeah, I was like, pumped. We really believe in you, so. <laughs> You're gonna win. Thank you. You're gonna win. I mean, I. You have, like just listening to it, you have the talent. It's very clear, at least one man's point of view. Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, just even listening for five minutes about how you're going about it, it gives me way more confidence. I think the biggest, I think the biggest thing I'm trying to help young artists with is entitlement and you don't have that. No, I'm like, I, to me like, even working with people, I have a hard time working with people who are like, super entitled, like I, I can't, I have to me like too. oversee that, but it's the hardest thing for me. I'm just like, I don't fuck with you if you're like someone who's like, thinks they're big shit or whatever, you know? You're preaching. You know, I like humble people. My big thing is like, there's a bunch of people who are big shit mm -hmm. who don't act entitled. So That's who the, shit right, there. right? So then who the, fuck are, like who, so who the fuck are all these people that haven't done shit and are walking around like they did? I that to me is wild. Like, and I I'm see like, it how all. How did you get there mentally? Like how? The environment. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some people have the luxury of not being brought up in an environment of entitlement. Yeah. That's the greatest thing I'm thankful for. You know, between being an immigrant and more importantly, a mother that de desperately loved me and made me feel like I was the best, yeah. but didn't create entitlement. Mm -hmm. It's a fine line. Building self-esteem without entitlement is a fine line. Right. It's a fine fucking line. I didn't know you were an immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was like, that's dope. <laughs> it, it's dope because most immigrants, not all, have the luxury of having adversity. Mm -hmm. It's hard to feel entitled. Like, first of all, just entitlement is just such a poison. It, it never leads to anything good. And all these 24 year olds who are living in $8 coffee land and sitting around and spitting shit on Twitter when they haven't done shit in their lives, that's, we gotta be careful about that. There's a lot of those in LA <laughs> and in New York, you know? <laughs> and like, I don't know, you know? Like just entitlement is poison. This last clip features a 40s alum named Jasmine Starr. She asked Gary a question about whether she should change directions in her business or double down on what's already working. Hi. Hi. How are you? Super well. Good, 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 good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. For Thank sure. Thank you very, very much. We actually met in May of 2017 at uh, the 4Ds event. And I have to say thank you because that event changed my life. How so? You inspired me to start something new in my business. And a couple months later, I launched a brand new product in my business, Social Curator, which is a monthly social media membership. Uh, and we provide 30 lifestyle photos, 30 caption templates to help people talk about their business without selling their business. Yeah. And then an action plan in a community. 
And within 12 months, we created a seven-figure revenue stream in the business. That's so awesome. we took what we learned, started applying it, and I just have to say thank you because it's not about the business. Like you empowered me to be me. So thank you. It's You're awesome. Welcome. It's an awesome. So, that makes me happy. Uh, if that's all I get to say to you, like it's totally worth it. So um, I know we have a very short amount of time together. So I'm going to talk for maybe 30 seconds, and then I just want you to riff. Sure. So. We currently have uh, 6,000 members and we're on trend to reach 10,000 by the end of 2018. And so we have a community and I asked the community, hey, what would you guys like to see next? And the thing that we heard the most is that people want a social curator app because I can see that they want to remove the friction from taking the resources that we provide for them and pushing it to their social platforms. And then things got a little bit tricky because when I started asking what features do you find the most valuable in an app if you were to create one, the number one thing was we want to organize, plan, and schedule our posts, but we want to use these resources. And I think to myself, okay, the tricky part then became if I were to create an app that serviced their primary demands or requests, it would put me squarely in the organizational planning app space, which is a totally different business model than what I currently have. So my question to you is if you were me, would you create the app? Because our goal is to move the needle. Do you think that a perhaps like a half-baked app just to do the very basics would move the needle? Or would you like triple down on the investment, that the time and the cost to create an app that's a slightly different business model than what we currently have and puts us squarely in a different type of app space? Um, the, my first read is I'd probably consider to quadruple down on what's already working okay. and go from 6,000 to 60,000 yes. and use that leverage of even 6,000 to probably JV with an organizing app that creates some sort of relationship. Yeah. I, I'm, I think that people need to be thoughtful about what they're good at and then be even more thoughtful about what doesn't come as natural or what they may not be as interested in. So I hear put the app on hold and focus on like. I would say, in power, based on that, I would say consider finding an app partner that already does what you're thinking about building and say to them, you call up Charlie and say, hey, Charlie, I have 6,000 fucking people paying me. Yeah. And they want this. I don't necessarily want to do it. How's your business going? Okay, can I leverage that? So I went to one company and we got to negotiations. We got almost to signing the contract and then they realized that they didn't want to open their API even though we had already started to create our own. And what we wanted to do is just say, hey, how can I got we it. I got it. And like, well, first of all, even if they did want to open your API, you're probably lucky that happened because you basically married the first girl you met. You have leverage. So what I would do now is take a step back, okay. analyze all the apps in that space, Spend um, two weeks on Googling, find out the partners, yeah. randomly I call them. them. Love. To have conversations. The, the space. I'm sorry? The whole, sp- like multiple apps in the space or one specific one? Um, so we reached out to one. The first one that I thought the community responded the best to, and I said, oh, it's synergistically. I think that this would pair up. Right. But that was like the first guy that I wanted to marry. But okay. So then once I realized that they weren't like as excited about the relationship as I was, I was like, okay. So I reached out to six other apps within this space and they all said that they were open to conversations. But now it just took me to take a step back and it's just like, okay, I need to actually know what I, what I want. And here's I, what, well, you'll appreciate this. I think back to kissing more than one boy, <laughs> if we're playing the analogy out, I think you should go take those six meetings. Okay. Would I, you do them in person? Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, if they're in fucking Kansas City and you're like, fuck, is this like, you know, you may want to face, you don't know, you know, I'm not against a FaceTime or a phone call. 
I think the first call for efficiency purposes can be a call, but if you're feeling it, yeah, I always think if you're gonna go into a partnership, you wanna go in eyes wide open. And specifically because when we didn't, we got into the numbers, we understood that like our value proposition perhaps isn't as pretty as theirs because they have all the numbers. But what I think that we have is like the, the partnership that the people that we had reached out to had tried to do what Social Curator does. They actually st- like tried putting out like stock images to see how their users would respond to them and it completely fell flat. So we know that what we're doing is something special because people are telling their friends and their friends are telling their friends. And so I just think that there is a gap in this space because we don't want to get into the organizational planning. How's your business structured? What does it cost? It costs $30 a month for for a dollar a day you get a caption prompt and a photo if you have nothing else to post that day. And so people log in and we have a mobile friendly platform. Yep. So they would log in, they could download a photo, download a caption prompt, fill in the gaps, talk a little bit more about their business. And- it's funny, we we literally almost built this app three years ago. I'm like, so glad you did it. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you did it. Um, there's, so much, there's so much abundance. There could be 17 Absolutely, of these. but I'm hoping that Vayner buys my business. Is that what you want? Um, that's great, good for you. Um, yeah, I think you have the leverage. I think you're less of a commodity than they are. More importantly, you know, like there's a million, you, you don't know what's out there. Do you know how many apps, I'll give you one, I would look at the bottom 50 apps in the space. I'll tell you why. They might have, they might have, thir- you know how many app guys and girls are out there that make 600 apps and this is one of them that they made and they actually built a really good product but they're focused on the one that popped yeah. and you can like swoop up and take the technology for 5,000 bucks. Yeah. You have to explore. I think you should look at the bottom 50 apps. I will. I will. I went to I have a funny, yeah, I have a funny feeling. Think about it, right? And you're saying to acquire? You might be able to. Like if you think about it, it's a bo- you know, you, yeah. you look at top 10, right? You go to, they have leverage because they're top 10 for a reason. Right. You go to number 83, number 83 might be a better app than top 10. The person's just not working it. Oh my God. I love that idea. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> Listen, I know we have a short amount of time, but I couldn't leave without letting you know that you did a, an Instagram Live. You just popped up your phone. It was DRock, it was Tyler, and you guys were talking about how you guys were going to launch Clouds and Dirt. And I was watching this riveted. I couldn't put my phone down. I was like, how is Gary letting me in this business meeting? And there you guys were like, talking about like, how can we mm-hmm. I remember it very and, well. Okay. I remember thinking that was a really cool it, idea. What? I mean, I was sitting at home in sweatpants being like, oh my God, I'm in a meeting with Gary. And then I DM'd Tyler a few days later. I said, when are you guys dropping that? Because I want to invest. And so I bought the 35 pairs of shoes and I ended up donating them to an organization here that teaches young men how to be entrepreneurs in Los Angeles. Thank you it was for like that. A full, well, it's a full, thank you, because it was a full circle moment. My father is an immigrant, worked three jobs, came to America. We had a live. <laughs> the first thing he ever bought his kids was a pair of K-Swiss shoes. Get the fuck out I know. Of and so I remember wearing these like brand new white shoes. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm American. The, you're like, you're like I'm fresh. Like, I yes. We and I just think to myself, man, there's a group of 35 young men in LA who it's have awesome. the same feeling. So thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, I'm really glad we have this time again. So nice. Thank you. Like, yeah. So very, very, very generous. Happy to do it. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed this mashup. Be sure to check out today's Daily V on Gary's Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you so much for listening and tweet Gary what you thought at Gary V on Twitter.